Welcome to Core Parenting Conversations with Kaylee. My name is Kaylee Kukwa, and I've spent the last decade supporting children and families with challenging behaviors. As a mom of two, I appreciate how overwhelming and exhausting parenthood can often be. So I'm taking all of my book knowledge and combining it with real life experiences to change the dialogue around parenting. We'll have powerful conversations that always include practical tips so you can walk away feeling inspired and empowered to make simple yet impactful changes in your family's life. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the last Behavior Bites episode in this series. I just want to start by telling you that if you found these bite-sized episodes that focus on specific behaviors to be helpful, please let me know by writing a review or tagging me on social. That way I can offer this series again with a different set of topics based upon my most frequently asked questions. That is exactly why I'm repeating this series because the feedback was so positive from the last series I did in October. Plus, the reviews and ratings help other people find this information even while I take a break from my maternity leave over the summer. So thank you for being a part of the mission to change the world one parent, one child, and one family at a time. Now, last episode, we shifted our focus a little from the common childhood behaviors to common parent behaviors. This was an idea I had to like shake it up a little bit. And we all know that our greatest teaching tool is our response to our child's behavior. So I wanted to help reframe some common parent behaviors that I see that we could use to improve upon. Now, this parent behavior has the best of intention, but ultimately puts a strain on our relationship with our child and actually exacerbates the problem we wish to fix. It's directly linked to a common question I get about sibling relationships. So if sibling or peer relationships are a concern you frequently have, this episode will give you some practical tips and maybe give you some permission to let go of the urge to solve the problem all the time. And that's why we're focusing on forced sharing. Inevitably, children want what another child has. Often, they can be so bold to go right up to another child and snatch it away. Or perhaps kind of the reverse is true, uh, that as soon as the child realizes someone else wants what they have, they cling tighter to it seemingly to never let go. Like they'll put it down and then as soon as they see someone watching, they're going to snatch it back up and and hold it really close. (laughs) The situation can easily escalate to an explosive dynamic where both of the children may become aggressive or just start crying. We've all been there, right? (laughs) Sound familiar? And this can start in toddlerhood and, and certainly extend into those early elementary years. So before we dive into what to do, I think it's really important to understand what's going on here. Like, why does this happen? And just know if this happens to you and in your family with your child, you are not alone. This is a pretty universal situation for parents, for children. So why? 
let's dispel some of the myths around this all too common situation so we can go in with the big picture in mind because the big picture is going to help us become more confident, empathetic, and calmer, right? It doesn't seem so urgent when we just normalize what is going on here. Your child is not a spoiled brat. They're not mean or selfish. What's going on is they have a developing sense of self and they live in a very concrete world. Their view of the world is extremely concrete. Often they see objects as an extension of their identity. So what in the world does this mean? Special objects such as comfort objects or even their shoes can carry a bigger significance than what we as adults understand or value. Ever hear a kindergartner say, watch how fast I am in these shoes. These are my fast shoes. Their shoes are an important part of their identity as a fast, competent runner. This can make sharing objects, particularly preferred objects, very difficult. And maybe you're thinking, well, all the objects are (laughs) preferred. Like they're not preferred until someone else wants it. And then it's my child's like favorite car or favorite action figure, favorite doll. And it's never been that way before. Right. Exactly. It's theirs. It's an extension of them. And so as soon as another child shows interest, they're going to cling tighter to it. Another aspect of development that can make sharing difficult that I think is probably the most prominent one is power. Remember, a huge part of child development is to establish a sense of agency in the world. That is, what can I influence? What do I have power to do? Children as young as two have a strong inner drive to discover their own autonomy and assert their power in situations and experiment with this power What is within my control? What's not within my control? They're constantly asking that question. And if you've listened to other episodes, this topic just keeps coming up because it is so prevalent in early childhood. For a child who lacks a sense of autonomy in daily life, or maybe they have a bigger need for a sense of power and influence, which is heavily dependent upon their temperament, this can be especially alluring. So once they figure like, oh, they really want what I have. I have a certain level of control in this situation and over this person or this environment. Let me lean in and explore, right? It comes from this place of genuine curiosity, not malice. That's why overpowering our child in these situations can exacerbate their territorial tendencies. And for the record, I have one of each. I have one child who tends to be more territorial than the other, especially when they were toddlers. And that really is just a part of their temperament and personality and who they are. So there's nothing wrong with them. There's, there's not one that's more selfish or meaner than the other. That's just a part of their personality. But when any child feels disempowered by an adult who's dictating that they have to give something up or setting an arbitrary time limit and really stripping them of that autonomy, the child is more likely to cling tighter next time and less likely to spontaneously be generous. Generosity comes from a place of security and perspective taking. Forced sharing imposes scarcity and control. So the child will cling tighter and be more resistant to letting go. 
So what do we do? How do we handle these inevitable situations? Because they're going to pop up if they haven't already. (laughs) Our first role is to be a neutral party. It is not to make everyone happy. So remember in the very beginning, I said, maybe this episode will give you some permission of letting go. We cannot make everyone happy. We are not pizza or cookies or cake or ice cream or whatever makes pleases the majority of people in your life, right? But even there, right? Some people don't like ice cream as much. Some people don't like pizza and that's okay. We can't please everybody. If you've tried the Instagram parenting tips and tricks to gain connection and cooperation with your child and it's still not working, or maybe you just want to grow your parenting toolbox or grow your own personal skill set. If you feel confused about how to respond to some of your child's bigger behavior, or maybe you need the encouragement and accountability to make the changes you know you and your family need, CORE offers the weekly support and tools to make these powerful shifts within a supportive, uplifting community. We talk about real-life parenting, not the neat and clean two-dimensional examples given on social media. You can learn more about my core membership program by heading to www.kayleekukla.com backslash core. It's a month-to-month membership. You can cancel it at any time, no strings attached, and it's meant to be on-demand parenting support. So you can access it when it's needed and when it's convenient for you. The link is in the show notes to learn more. And now back to this core conversation with Kaylee. So instead, our role, our first role is narrator. Acknowledge what's going on and help narrate the problem without judgment. Oh, you both want the magnet block car wheels to build your own car and there's only one set. Hmm, that is tricky. Then say what you see. We're going to continue with this narration. It looks like Johnny put blocks on top of the car frame already, and now Connor wants it. Our job is to acknowledge what the issue is and also identify boundaries, especially if they're already being trampled upon. So these could definitely be like safety boundaries, someone hitting someone else or snatching something away, or maybe boundaries already asserted by the child. So maybe the Johnny, who's building the car, is trying to get it away, keep it away from Connor. You, you'll see these boundaries kind of usually typically non-verbally play out first, especially with young children. For physical boundaries, I'll create space first. And honestly, I do that without very much talking. Physical boundaries, it's really hard to enforce them with words. We really do need to make ourselves physically available to do this. So depending on the ages, situation, place, space, sometimes that means physically getting in between them or positioning myself in between the children or the children and the object, scooting one kid back if he's encroaching on the other child's space, putting one hand out to block, etc. There's no formula here. It's only what works for you in the moment that is in line with your core values. Then I think of myself as a microphone for children. So I've acknowledged what's going on. I've also created safety and and established like basic boundaries, but now I want to amplify their messages, both children's messages. Oh, Connor, you want to turn. John, are you done with the car? So now I'm modeling, right? For especially young children, I'm modeling 
what the child would say if one, they had all their words. So maybe they're pre-verbal or two, if they weren't so emotionally flooded, or maybe I'm even inviting them to say these words. So, oh, you want to turn John? Are you Johnny? Are you done with the car? Oh no, Johnny's not done with the car. Connor, what can we do while we wait for a turn? And hey, Connor may have very strong feelings about this. And then our job becomes to help Connor process those feelings with tantrum strategies, which is not this episode, but there are other episodes about tantrums and a ton of material in the core membership about tantrum strategies. So that really goes into helping Connor learn to wait, which is a very, very, very difficult skill, even for adults, right? Don't we all schedule waiting at in bad traffic or long lines or whatever? Another approach that I often take with children is inviting different ways of sharing. I very rarely ever even use the word share because sharing is so abstract and non-specific. I don't really use it ever because it's not a very effective way to help problem solve. Think about it. We share a cookie very differently than we share a ball, which is very differently than we share blocks. So sharing really depends upon the context of the situation. A cookie, we've got to cut in half or break off a piece to give to someone. A ball, we can pass it back and forth. Blocks, maybe we can divide a pile of them and we each get our own pile and build our own stuff with our blocks. Or maybe we can work together with the blocks and build one giant castle all together. Maybe we can trade objects or take turns. Or like the example I gave Johnny and Connor was we can make a road, you can work on the car, and then we can drive it on the road we created. You can share space. You can share ideas take turns talking, take turns listening, right? All of those different options are much easier to understand and facilitate and support and to accept when we get more specific than just that arbitrary word of share. So let's go back to that magnet car example. Um, And this was super common. I had a big tub of magnet blocks I would bring to my social skills group. So I had like four to six kids in a group and inevitably there was like two sets of wheels and they all wanted the wheels because typically, yeah, those were the hot commodity in the boxes. So this is a very real situation that I've dealt with so many times. (laughs) So I may gently suggest, encourage, invite children into different modalities of sharing. The invitation tone is so important because we're accepting, hey, they may not go for this. They may not like this. We're inviting them. So it's not controlling the situation. We're not judging the situation. We're just inviting, encouraging, offering different approaches. And know that these suggestions may or may not be accepted in this moment for this circumstance, but I'm introducing the idea so that eventually they may be more open to it. My mom always called this, I'm planting the seed, right? And the seed's not going to sprout right away. But if we show up and do this again and again and again and coach and facilitate and the child learns to trust the process, they're going to become more open to it over time. 
Let's talk through this example using the different strategies. So, oh, there's only one set of wheels and you both want it. Looks like Johnny already put some blocks on the wheels. Connor, maybe we could build a road for the car and then Johnny could pass the car to you. What do you think about that? I'm pausing and listening. Johnny, is that something you'd be willing to do? And I'm also checking in with the other child. Or we could build a car all together. Pausing. They might say no. (laughs) They might say yes. Or Johnny, can Connor have a turn with the car when you're done? Oh, no. Because come on, he's probably going to say no right away, right? That's their reactive no last, (laughs) our last week's behavior bite episode when parents say reactive no. Children absolutely do this too. If you have a two or three-year-old, you absolutely know this and have probably experienced it. So, oh, no, you want a long turn? It's okay. You can have a long turn. See how I didn't even pick up that rope? I could have met his resistance with my own resistance and turned it into a lecture and try and overpower and exert that control. And then what what is he going to do? Cling tighter to it. And I'm going to try even harder to convince him. And we're going to get in that nice tug of war power struggle. I said, okay, you can have a longer turn. I completely dropped the rope. I, I sucked the power right out of that situation, which means he's much more likely to hand it over when he really is done with his turn, which a lot of the time isn't as long as we think it's going to be. Not all the time, but most of the time. So see, these examples are much more specific. They give the children something concrete to focus on, concrete to do, to process, and it helps build awareness around other people's ideas and priorities, right? That perspective-taking ability, which is a developing, lagging skill in early childhood. It also scaffolds the child's developing problem-solving skills. Now, the answer could just be no to all the suggestions, and this definitely happens. But remember, this kind of approach is a big picture and long-term approach. So we're not always going to have a neat and clean solution in the moment, and that's okay. We're planting those seeds for long-term, spontaneous, independent, self-driven skills. For more on teaching social skills, we have a social skills deep dive workshop and resilient problem solvings or problem solvers workshop inside the core community. We also have two sibling workshops available complete with more scripts and strategies. There's a social skills book list in the show notes that you can download. And one of the books on that list is titled Share and Take Turns by Sherry Miners. And in that book, she goes over each of these specific sharing strategies so you can review them with your child or children outside the heat of the moment. Thanks so much for being here for this Behavior Bites episode. If this information was helpful to you, please consider leaving a rating or review, which helps boost our visibility so more people can hear this information and change the world one parent, one child, one family at a time. Have a wonderful week.